It seems like the internet's favorite pastime is arguing. I've done it, you've done it, and it's not gonna get any less juvenile anytime soon. What's great is that when people arguing online run out of things to fight over, they tend to invent new problems that require an immediate debate, like which handgun is just the best. So, another Wednesday, another kind of hurried rundown of a simple topic. This week, I want to address probably my least favorite religious war in the gun community. And it's not going to be AR-15 versus AK or 9mm versus 40 Smith & Wesson, though those do get on my nerves as well. Now, my least favorite has got to be the pistol brand or sometimes pistol model Battle Royale. You know, you got Glock versus Sig. Sig versus Beretta, Beretta versus CZ, uh, 1911 versus, well, everything. And I know it's fun to discuss the various differences in these pistol designs, or sometimes to defend and justify your pistol choice by knocking others, which is the motive behind a lot of these arguers. But it's important to keep the big picture in mind. And believe it or not, the big picture summary is that it doesn't matter which pistol you have or use or light. doesn't matter at all. I'm kind of tempted to just end the episode there, but I'm going to keep recording and break it down for you, Barney style. So when weighing the pros and cons of a firearm, any firearm, it's important to keep the firearm in the context of its use, or at least its intended use. And over the history of pistol use, the context of their use has mainly been as a secondary weapon for military. Since the late 19th century or so, pistols have started to moonlight as a law enforcement and personal defense primary, but those pistols carry the same broad design points that went into their military sidearm ancestors. And so what do I say when I say secondary weapon? I'm going to hash that out further in an upcoming talk, but basically, a secondary weapon is intended to maintain a continuity of fire. What that means is, if your primary weapon is unavailable or unable to fire, you present the secondary and maintain the presence of firepower as it continues to be needed, whatever that means in the given situation. So the context of a pistol, with that in mind, hasn't changed much over its short time as the secondary of choice. And that is probably why the design and function of pistols hasn't changed much in that time either. You know, we can count the only big evolutionary leaps in pistol design in one hand. You know, you have the Philadelphia Derringer that kind of started it. Samuel Colt's Walker Revolver, or the Single Action Armory that came out after. John Browning's 1911, that's a big one. And the polymer-framed, striker-fired Glock 17, which kind of set the standard for the generation of pistols that we know today. Although it might be the HK VP70 that was the actual first to use a polymer frame and a striker-fired action. Sorry, Glock. But anyway, in the 50-ish year time gaps between those big leaps, there were lots of little iterations and variations in pistol designs, and there still are today, but those little iterations didn't add up to much in the way of meaningful improvement when you're looking at the big picture, when you're looking at the context of the use of a pistol. You know, uh, no pistol's easier to clear from a holster 
nothing is going to chamber or fire around any faster or easier, really. That's all kind of the same. You're still lining up sights the same way. You're still applying the same pistol fundamentals as always. Um, capacity has gone up. Weight's gone down. Those are great things, but it's the same basic idea. And in the Glock or kind of post-Glock generation that we're in now, we have more competitors than ever with their own spin on the same concepts, the same formula that goes into a modern pistol. Pretty much every pistol available either uses the Colt's revolver action or the Browning blowback action, depending on whether it's a revolver or an automatic pistol. And they all have nearly identical trigger systems. You know, they're barred from either Browning or Glock or similar. And if you know how to work one of these pistols or another, you're kind of automatically proficient with the rest. You know, you spend enough time with one revolver or one automatic pistol, and you can pick up any other and do pretty much the same thing with the same results. So with all that in mind, um, all of the pistols in my home are Glocks. My wife and I have both carried Glocks for years, and to be honest, I haven't really given even a passing thought about buying any other type of pistol for quite some time now. You know, I've owned other pistols. Quite a few. I, you know, I've, I've gone through the gamut of the common models and even some less common stuff. But every other pistol I've owned at this point has eventually been sold or traded away. And sometimes traded for a Glock. I've done that. So why do I, why do I have Glocks? Why am I now this, this Glock guy? Is it because I need a pistol that can survive a drop from an airborne helicopter or an indirect hit from an explosion? Like you see on those crazy torture tests on YouTube? Uh, is it because I subscribe to some notion that the Glock design is the only one on the market somehow that I can trust my life to? Of course not. That would be dumb. The truth is much more boring. I have only Glocks so that I can stock up on spare magazines and spare parts for one pistol platform and not several. You know, the I'm addicted to having lots and lots and lots of magazines loaded up and, and spare parts available for stuff that's likely to fail in the, the lifetime of that firearm. And the logistics and costs in stocking up what, it, what would be my satisfactory level of magazines and parts for different types of pistols out there isn't worth the negligible benefit that those pistols are going to offer me over a Glock. You know? And the reason I look at it that way is because I have Glocks because they fit my requirements in every category rather than doing what most pistols out there do, which is really excelling in one or two categories, but then falling short somewhere else. And the only reason Glocks do that, the only reason Glocks pull off that jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none thing, is just because they've been out for a long time. You know, Glock made small iterations over the generations. No, no generation is significantly better than another. But they've kind of ironed it out, and they don't really do anything drastic or radical when they come out with a new pistol. It's all very uninteresting, because at the end of the day, it's just a pistol, and it just works as a pistol. And that's all that matters. If it fits the role that it's intended for and makes sense in the context of its use, I would stop there. That's not to say I've never been curious and got another pistol and see how it worked. But like I said before, that just that affair didn't last. They never do. I, I'm not telling you that Glocks are perfect and you should go out and get a Glock right now. And if you don't, you're an idiot. I'm not saying that. I'm not going to be one of those guys. There are pistols out there that have better sights out of the box 
than Glock sights. Now, I changed all the sights on mine, but I didn't have to. The sights were. There are pistols out there with a better trigger than any Glock has. I got used to the Glock triggers. I find them to be very consistent, and I'm as good a shot with a Glock trigger as I am with any other pistol I've tried. The trigger works. There are pistols out there with, let's see, what, what, what do forums usually like to argue about? Uh, there are pistols out there with more ergonomic grips, more natural pointing angle, a lower bore axis, uh, more durable slide and frame finishes, uh, more aggressive grip textures, and slide uh, and slide straps for you know better gripping of the slide. You know, I could go on in, in that fashion, but I, I won't bother because these things simply don't matter in the big picture. Everything in and on a Glock works, just like everything on a Smith & Wesson M&P, a Springfield XD, a SIG P320, a CZ P10, HKVP9, FN509, etc., etc., etc. Just like everything on all of those very similar pistols works. The features that these manufacturers address and emphasize in their marketing to differentiate them from each other, and that is kind of how I see it at the end of the day, these differences are at best micro-optimizations that fade away as your proficiency as a shooter comes into play, for better or for worse. You know, it might be that you are so proficient with pistols in general and like i said it doesn't have to be with one particular pistol you tr you, you, you're good with one you're good with them all but it might be that you've hit that point where those little micro optimizations pale in comparison to your ability as a shooter and so the differences that you'll get in performance are negligible or maybe you're not there yet maybe you're like me where you're kind of a middling pistol shooter and you might feel that those features benefit you in which case good for you yay for that um but really there's such a thing as a bottleneck when it comes to the factors that go into performance, and it's extremely unlikely that any particular feature or component of a pistol is the bottleneck and not your ability as a shooter. That's the case. I know that's the case for me. My Glock is more, all of my Glocks are more accurate than I am. I kind of suck with pistols. Um, I'm not a grandmaster pistol user, uh, you know, pistol shooter, or a marksman of any nature. So I know that my Glocks are more accurate than I am. They're certainly more reliable and consistent than I am. So there's no point for me to chase down anything better in a pistol until I've gotten much, much, much better as a pistol user. And that day may never come. So find a pistol that has the baselines covered. And what are the baselines? You know, it should be whatever pistol you choose should be known to be reliable. It should be sufficiently ergonomic whatever that means to you obviously since i went glock sufficiently ergonomic is a pretty low bar for me uh but it should have a ammunition capacity and a sighting system and a trigger that won't leave you at a disadvantage when the time comes and beyond that just buy the pistol you like the look and feel of the most and go practice with it because that is the much more important component you need to get something that makes you want to go to the range and you need to put that time in. You need to put that ammo in. And if you're still not sure which pistol to get, you know, just get a Glock 19. Uh, not because I told you to, but because everyone seems to get one of those at some point. Uh, it's kind of the standard. If there is such a thing for the do-all pistol, or 
practical civilian use. And if you, know, if you eventually decide that you hate the Glock 19 for some reason after using it, after putting the time in, you'll know why, and you'll know what to look for to replace it. Or maybe you'll just mod the crap out of it like I have with mine, uh, and the Glock aftermarket support is great for that. Anyway, that's enough out of me for this week. I'll be back next week. Um, guys and gals, thanks so much for tuning in and showing your support as we kick this new project off. If you have a second, uh, be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher. It really helps out. That's going to be our main method of growth and traction going forward. And if you're itching to send me your hate mail in the meantime, you can find me on Twitter at Range Talk Show. If not, stay safe. We'll talk again soon.